Hello there, and welcome to this week's Sift Takers Snapshot. This is uh, producer Tim, and I will be hosting uh, today's episode, and I am joined by Ben. Hello there. And we are joined by a special guest, because he kind of volunteered himself by commenting on the Facebook post last week. Uh, I'd <laughs> like to say uh, welcome to Pavel. Hi, hello. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Pavel? Okay, so, yeah. I'm playing X-Wing from the first edition. Um, I believe I joined in uh, during wave number seven, so when the Ghost and Inquisitor, the Rebel stuff, was introduced to the game. And before uh, X-Wing, I was playing a lot uh, Warhammer 40k, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, something like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Games Workshop made some decisions that I was unhappy with, and has to switch the game. <clears throat> and I'm I'm the kind of player that when I play something, I play it by full heart. I mean that it's, I have always one game that I play. I don't like to switch my attention between two games because I don't have that much time. So, yeah, from the seventh wave of the X-Wing, I'm on the X-Wing. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 the story here. Oh, excellent. <laughs> it's, it sounds quite similar to myself. I was a very big uh, 40K player. Um, you know, I, I played in you know ETCs for about, I don't know, 10 years almost. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of fell out with 40K. And X-Wing was a nice sort of competitive game um, that I found. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, much like yourself, I, I, I kind of, any game that I play, and I, you know, I've, I've played various games over the years, you know, and like Magic the Gathering and other bits and bobs. Uh, and one of the reasons I stepped back from Magic is because I want to go like full hog into the game. And I knew that if I went full hog into Magic, I'd probably be bankrupt or living in a cardboard box somewhere. Cause that's <laughs> Not if you were good. Well, yeah, I guess I guess there is that, but I don't think I would have ever been that good at, uh, at it. Um, but no, no, uh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I started with uh, Tie Phantoms, and then it was Decimators shortly after. I'm not. Ne never left. Never left them. No, I, I've, I've, I've I've never really uh, never really remember what wave is what. I believe it was wave five. Yeah, it was quite early. Yeah, yeah, quite early. Um, it was good, you know. Immediately, just sort of picking it up. Obviously, the love of uh, sort of Star Wars as such, but um, it was just a good competitive game. Um, yeah, this also for me was that I liked Star Wars. I always liked it, but I wasn't that big fan that I read. Uh, yeah, every book or every comic. Uh, I just knew the movies, uh, knew the quotes, so, so I was nerdy enough <laughs> when I was uh, in proper uh, proper company. But were never yeah hardcore uh, Star Wars fan. In fact, I like still love the fluff of the 40k. Yeah, I believe it's one of the the setting is very very good. I mean, it makes no sense. <laughs> when you start to think about it, but still, it's, yeah, it has everything. It has big guns, it has torches, it has inquisitions, and it it, it has big battleships in, uh, all in one place. So, yeah. And how chaos gods, yeah. So, it's mar marvelous, but... Um, yeah. The new 40k comic's pretty good as well. 
Yeah, but uh, but uh, but to be honest, I don't uh, uh, yeah watch what moves of game workshops now because I, they lost my my trust that they can do something meaningful for me. Maybe when my children will grow up a little bit more, I will return to it. So yeah, to introduce them to to Warhammer. <laughs> because there is always this, uh, uh, also um, this uh, painting and uh, manual skills aspect to it, and it might be good for children, but no, it was never good for me. So one <laughs> of the benefits for of X Wing when I was selecting game is was that it has a nice competitive scene. A lot of people migrated here, at least here in the Poland from the both 40k and fantasy to the. X-wing, but it was also that the models are pre-painted, and it was for me it was bonus. I am not the one that enjoyed painting a lot. I mean, I can do it if it's necessary, but if it's not, I won't do it. <laughs> That's why I started playing X-wing. I've yeah. never played any other game except X-wing. I dabble in other things here and there, but mm -hmm. the pre-painted ships is definitely what pulled me in. So, for example, when AMG said that uh, they will keep pre-painted models because there were rumors that maybe because the Marvel Crisis Protocol is un unpainted, they will move to unpainted, and they were con when they confirmed uh, that uh, they will continue with pre-painted models, that was kind of a relief uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, it is, uh, I think one thing that makes X-Wing pretty special uh, or unique is obviously the, the pre-painted aspect and you know i've painted many you know 40k warmer fantasy armies and you know, many other different games sort of over the years and I, I can remember going to some of the big uh 40k events in the uk and the night before the event i'd still be like you know painting models in the hotel yeah doing the washes and stuff but it's quite nice now that literally you can just you know almost buy your models on the day pop them out the box and yeah you know the tabletop ready yeah, exactly. I remember those nights painting until 2, 3 a.m. and just to finish it in order to be able to to put it on the table without a risk that they will be yeah, burnt from the evening because <laughs> there's plastic here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it, and I think AMG would be foolish to go sort of go back on that because I think that's one of the things that makes X Wing popular with a certain crowd. I mean, if you if you like to paint and and you enjoy painting, you can still do that. Uh, and yeah. you know, there's a a, a great uh, many sort of uh, excellent painters that you know repaint squads, either their own squads or or other people's squads. Um, but I think for just the general per sort of the general game as such. That just wants to play the game, push spaceships around the board, then you know it's it's the perfect sort of game as such, or or game as such to play. Yeah, exactly. I believe that the many players are coming from uh, board games to the X mm. also, and they are not used to the idea of painting something in order to play it. I mean, there are more and more board games with models, etc. But but still, uh, uh, they are not used to the idea that it's necessary to paint it. It's maybe something nice to have, but not necessary for them to paint it. So the Warhammer or yeah, similar games approach it would be hard for them to to, to uh, yeah. It will um, raise the raise the entry barrier for them to the game. Mm. 
so I believe AMG will keep it that way. Excellent. Um, do you uh, play for any particular cl- club out in Poland? I play uh, with my locals. I can, can, I'm now living in the northern part uh, on the uh, Baltic Sea shore and uh, the three city area. It's an area connect- with three cities connected Gdańsk, Gdynia, Sopot. And uh, before pandemic, we were lucky because Polish distributor was coming from the Gdańsk. Okay. It's coming from Gdańsk. So we had a lot of big events here. But yeah, pandemic happened and there are no live events, no more. <clears throat> but I was uh, before that also traveling for other events. I mean, like uh, system opens in the Europe or something like that. I was, uh, whenever I had the chance, I was traveling for for such euros, etc. Yeah, I mean, I made it to the, uh, I think 2019 euros was in Poland. But in mm, Krakow. Yeah, Krakow, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. and that was fantastic um yeah. yeah such a great sort of country i've been to been to poland before with um sort of 40k events um and i could only get like the you know literally i had to fly out friday night straight from work um was only there for the weekend but had such a great time um you know locals are friendly um nice and cheap you know which was you know nice for the sort of the food and the drink as such and um mm-hmm. yeah v- venue was very nice weather was lovely um, so yeah, had a, a nice couple of days gaming. Unfortunately, I didn't make it out for the the team event that happened before. Um, but no, it's nice to get out there. Yeah, that, that that event was a blast. I mean, I also didn't make for the 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 um, team event, but I was playing in the um, Euros uh, without any significant success. But uh, <clears throat> that was a very very good event and uh, before that uh, there was also Krakow system open series oh, yeah, yeah. and that was in the uh, different uh, venue it was in this uh, uh, closer to the city center and it was in the old brewery so there was a beer on on spot very good local one so it was also a marvelous venue but it was too too small to host the the um, event like euro and team championship and etc at the same time so uh, that's why they decided to move to the um, this bigger uh, bigger venue well, i think it was well, that i think the world team champs that was in the brewery wasn't it and then it was the yeah um, maybe you're right yeah you're uh, right and then the the main event i mean the uh, official event mm-hmm. wasn't them. Yeah, you're right. I believe. Yeah. No. But, it's, yeah. I think. I think. I think so. I, I vaguely remember. I think Gold Squadron were obviously covering it, and um, I think Bob D and a couple of the Irish. I remember them talking about it. I'm pretty sure that was in the brewery, and then we were playing at the Etzel Expo um, Centre mm-hmm. on the outskirts. Yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, well, what we'll do is we're going to come back and have a, a sort of another sort of chat with you uh, shortly uh, regarding first order, and um, you can have a chat to Ben about how he got your list wrong uh, on last week's episode. Um, was it actually me? Or can we blame Rich because he wasn't here? <laughs> Rich isn't here, so we can blame blame him, I guess. Okay, <laughs> he, he is a bad person. Okay. <laughs> Um, so um, we're not going to have a particularly long episode this week uh, mainly because we've hopefully um, AMG have said that they are going to be dropping the points update uh, next Monday so the 22nd I believe Um, so you know there's 
But we'll, we'll touch briefly on, on uh, the Gold Squadron recruit event that's just happened. But obviously, with the points change coming out imminently, it's not just going to be new releases. We might get points uh, updates for you know several other things. And you know, we I hope might... so. Well, <laughs> I, I, th- I think I think we do need it. Like every six months is good because it's just going to shift that meta around. Uh, I be... like it when they do a, a big sweeping mega change. Not necessarily nerf anything. I just like when everything changes. Yeah, and I think you know, like, like... I think you might just see like some of these things that are particularly cheap at the moment. So you know, thermal detonators. Um, when we get sort of run through some of the lists in the top cut, you're going to see a lot of thermal detonators. Obviously, Sam uh, Vessel, either in a fire spray or as crew, is very popular at the moment. Um, and you know, there's several other you know little ships out there that may also just you know, either go up or go down in points, and it just sort of mixes everything up. Uh. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's crack into the Gold Squadron event. So um, Dion's been running. Uh, he's run, I think, four two-day events. So two US time zone, two uh, sort of European time zone. And uh, based on how well you did at these events, you either qualified for the recruit, the veteran, or the ace championship. So I believe the recruits had to go uh, get between, I think, zero and two wins or zero and three mm-hmm. wins. Um, zero and two. Zero and two. Mm, Game four. Three and four, and yeah. Five and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, you know, I think uh, you know the, his his plan is basically to provide a large event for players of a certain caliber, uh, which is you know nice. You know, it means everybody can have have a chance of playing uh, within their. Um, I suppose capability is not quite right um, because as so as we go through the top eight, there's a couple of names in there uh, who are you know um, very good players, and you know perhaps you just had a bad event at the qualifying events and you make it into the sort of the recruit as such. But I, I think generally most people from, from the sort of the chat I, uh, I saw in the Twitch chat and Twitch feed was um, everybody enjoyed the event, and that's the main thing at the end of the day. I think is everybody in, enjoys it. Yeah, I, I I like this uh, whole concept of this. Uh, yeah, t- I don't know how to levels tiers. However, mm. we call we call them um, just to uh, that more people can uh, yeah have this multi multi stage experience like it was with galaxies, because I believe this is the same concept. Uh, just make it uh, achievable for more people, like there were galaxies qualifiers and then the main event. So this is the same that you you have this qualifier and then you end up with some tournament where you there are more people. With skill set similar to to yours, whatever the skill set is, is, and then you have maybe bigger chance to have your first run for a top something in the tournament. And I remember when I started playing, I was long waiting to make any top on any event. <laughs> I think it's good to see. So we had ninety six players. Uh, we've got a top eight with six different factions uh, featured, which is really good to see. Um, and although there's a couple of lists, like the two separatist lists um, are practically identical. There's a couple of different upgrades. Um, the rest of them are all quite different. Um, so if we start at the bottom with... Um, got Scott Just to add, on. and it is hyperspace as well. Hyperspace, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah and, and I think that's, that's good. Um, yeah, just a bit of sort of variety again. It's not like the extended events. 
Um, so in eighth position, we had uh, Scott Forster, who took a triple fire spray scum list. Uh, quite a few thermal detonators in there, Colonnettes title. So a lot of munitions, and obviously the you know the fire spray is quite a forgiving ship with the um, the rear arc. Um, K, K turn, talent roll, that sort of thing. So you can sort of whiz around. It's just a solid chassis, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's it. Because yeah, because you're going to see more fire sprays when we go to the seventh list, um, <laughs> which is, I guess, is it is John Stonge Quinn? I don't know. I'm not sure if the J is silent or or not, but uh, I've probably butchered that name. But the the Sam vessel and Django double fire spray. We got treacherous. We got thermal detonators, Dooku, false transponders. Um, you know, it's it's a fairly standard separatist double fire spray list. Uh, there is a suppressive gunner in there. Yeah, um, exactly. That's something that stands out from the standard, I would say. Yeah. Uh, go on, go. On. But I believe it's uh, maybe because of the format that there are points left because there is n- uh, no second uh, second uh, force uh, force user. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you won't put here any ship, so you can go for something like suppressive gunner. I'm I believe I'm not sure if it's not doesn't make more sense on the higher initiative. But obviously, it, yeah, top eight is uh, it. It worked out. So, yeah, yeah definitely. maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so going to sixth. Uh, this was on the stream in a game, and I foolishly bet against it. Is Constantine uh, <laughs> with uh, Galactic Republic? They had Hound in the lat, which um, it looks like the Hound really was there just for the the. They're all um, initiative two ships. Um, so I think you just, I mean, and also I don't think there's any points there for Warthog, is there? Um, so yeah, it's a, so it's a, the Hound uh, Lat gunship, uh, one Arc, and four of the Loyalist Volunteer V-Wings. Um, so fairly sort of swarmy Republic, but um, obviously two of those ships are quite beefy. Um, the Lats can obviously still help the uh, the V-Wings and the Arc with re-rolls. Um, yeah, it, it did very well. It beat a, uh, I think it was a fire spray, um, grievous and brewer cat list um, on uh, on the stream. It's nice to see some of the V wings because we don't see a lot of them, do we? Yeah, that's true, and I am kind of surprised with you. I believe the the they are a little bit underrated. I don't I don't believe they are meta breaking or something like that, but. Uh, uh, I believe the, the, they are a little bit uh, underrated uh, in general per- perception of, of of players because obviously they can um, they can uh, make uh, some good results as, as shown here. Yeah, and I, I think um, I quite like them just the sort of the naked loyalist because I think when you, when you take the um, uh, is it Besh? Which is the spend the target lock to turn a blank mm-hmm. to a hit. Um, I think that. So I, I've played played against the Besh list or the Besh V wings, and because they were taking their target locks, they've not got the focus for defense, and I actually found them quite easy to kill. Whereas these ones, because they're getting their re rolls from the lat, um, they can take the focus for defense, 
and then most stuff is shooting before them. They can use the focus in, in defense if they need it, and then they can spend their focus on attack as well. So I, I think I do like them not having the uh, title. And I like in this list the I2 on yeah. everything. There are six ships, um, two of them are quite beefy. Uh, four of them are agility, good with good agility. So yeah, <clears throat> this is basically the swarm. Yeah, there is no no points in the upgrades, so everything uh, goes into efficiency. And uh, versus other swarms, uh, they can uh, do serious damage before other swarms shoots because they can easily shoot uh, like two two ships like i don't know with some luck two ships with agility three and four hp either uh, card uh, sticks or something like that can die before shooting yeah. so yeah, yeah i mean that's it you know droid swarms m3a is all initiative one um yeah. so yeah you can certainly try and um, ps kill a couple of opposing sort of sh ships before uh, they come in uh, let's move on to the last in the top eight, which is uh, Elliot with First Order. Um, so we got Von Reg with Daredevil, Rush, uh, Kylo with Extreme Maneuvers. Um, so a nice AC um, three ship First Order list. Uh, you got that Daredevil and Extreme Maneuvers, so you can do that hard turn boost. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite a nice. Uh, List and Rush is the one that once you got a uh, damage card, it's uh, initiative six, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. yeah. He can be the ace when, when, when he starts taking damage. And uh, before that, he can be blocker or. Yeah. But uh, the key thing here is those uh, connection of their devil and extreme maneuvers. The, this list can surprise a lot of people. Mm. The, those, especially Kylo with extreme maneuvers is uh, something quite new for still for some people. Yeah. Uh, because Vonek uh, is already with their devil from the beginning. It's uh, yeah obvious combo for him and people get used to it but two ships with uh, hard uh, hard boost is something that can uh, catch off the guard uh, some some um, opponents absolutely uh so moving to top four we've got james ellis with uh separatist and this was the the sam vessel grievous brewerquette uh everything's got treacherous um, Grievous has got title and impervium plating, um, got Dooku, false transponders, etc. On Sam, so uh, we've seen this list um, on on stream a few times recently as well. Uh, another very good list. Um, you know, you've got the sort of the, the initiative four or five pilots there, um, and you know, Grievous if you get stuff out of art can be uh, you know obviously quite good. And Brew is a, a nice cheap forty one point. Ship there, and we see the tre the treacherous trigger quite a bit, especially against swarms, and the sort of the four, five, six ships that are, you know knocking around in the meta at the moment. It's nice to see treacherous a bit. It's been very underplayed, hasn't it? Yeah, and I, it's uh, the original uh, faction uh, talent, uh, I believe. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and uh, in the beginning, it was uh, not used at all. Uh, and I, I also find it interesting that people find a way to make a use of uh, this card. So it's nice to see it. Yeah. It's because we'd all decided it was rubbish, and then 
somebody went, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, for me, it was always one of those cards that are hard to imagine how they will work out because they are very dependent on the situation on the table. It's not, it's not like with the, I don't know, proton torpedoes. You know they are good. Yeah. yeah, for dice attack, it's obvious, and that's a matter of cost if they are good enough to justify the cost. And the treacherous is something that is more cheeky to imagine how it will, yeah, work for you. So, so maybe it was the matter to that somebody invested time to check it out more than once and say, okay, I tried it, it's rubbish. But somebody took it to one event, second event, and third event and made it, uh, made use of it. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so the final list in the top four, well, this, uh, well made, made it as far as top four cup, uh, is um, our first and only uh, tie advance V1s that we're going to see in the top cup. Um, so well done to Brendan Osman Damon. Looks like he went unbeaten in Swiss on day one. Um, yeah, we've got, what, he's, six Barons? He's, all, Sorry. he's also our knockout champion. He won our knockout event. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, and this is where you sort of get to get Brendan and Cam, who you wouldn't really class as recruits, but you know, obviously they've. Uh, I mean, both of them made cut at Worlds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, you know, they've still had to, you know, do very well at this event to make it into you know top four or final in Cam's uh, position. So. With Brendan, we've got uh, six Barons, we've got Ruthless on five, uh, Prockets on four, Thread Tracers on two. Um, very, um, very good and efficient list. I believe he beat Cam in the Swiss, and then Cam beat Brendan in the semi final on stream. Um, so it was. Uh, yeah, the, the, both lists were initiative three, um, but I just don't. Uh, Brendan wasn't able to get as many prockets off. Maybe um, just just the engagement. But, um, but yeah, would have liked to have seen a bit more ruthless from Brendan as well. Get a few more of those those zombie ships going. <laughs> I do like a zombie ship. It makes me smile. <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, that always surprised me that. That it's quite often scenario recent when I'm recently following those uh, tournaments that somebody won. Uh, there are two players and player A wins with player B in Swiss and in, then in top card they meet and there is opposite uh, score result. So uh, I like it because that uh, indicates that uh, skill is more important than matchup. Or uh, there is other scenario that luck is more important, and that's not a good scenario <laughs> from my perspective. But I, I like uh, that um, quite often there are the, the, the scenarios follow that uh, two, player, two players meet in, twice in the event, and there are two different results. Yeah, no, I think I think it is good. I think um, positioning is, is key in X Wing, and, and you can imagine with a list that relies heavily on bullseyes and you yeah. know, sort of range management. Uh, as you know, this list does that. Obviously, um, well, you perhaps assume that Brendan got it right in the Swiss game, but possibly Cam got it right in their semi-final game, which is good. And yeah, that's it. You know, it's nice that you can turn up to a game and you know it's all to play for, basically. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, move on into the final then. So we have touched on it briefly. 
Um, so the final uh, saw Cam Murray uh, take five Red Squadron veterans, which is the T-65 uh, Initiative 3 pilot. And he played um, Fabian Dukowski with uh, double Separatist fire sprays. Um, he, similar sort of build again. So we've got Treacherous Dooku, Thermal Detonators, Force Transponders. And we've got Boba Fett on Zam as well. Um, and um, Fabian actually uh, won this game. Um, I think it was... Well, I mean, it was it was quite a close game, but I think essentially Cam just lost, uh, just kept losing. I wouldn't say an X-wing a turn, but sort of half an X-wing a turn, and and just wasn't able to quite get enough shots to to sort of land and, and hit home. And um, it was a you know, good final to watch. You know, it was um, you know it was was close. I'm trying to think what the score was. It was two hundred ninety-seven. So, um, which is, you know, that's, that's close in sort of X-Wing terms, because obviously those last couple of ships would, I think they were just fighting Django by themselves. And obviously Django's got, you know, the boost and, and obviously the high initiative, so can just sort of get away from those arcs. And... Yeah, exactly. Fire Space has this um, ability to well control uh, range with the boost and a rear arc so can, they can jump over something and then boost out yeah well i think that's yeah what what I, I saw from the stream that fabian did very well was that he'd almost not so much bait but he'd sort of move move to a certain area so the x-wings would come along and they'd almost like just turn away or, or fly over and then yeah just just keep that range shooting out the rear so the x-wings are chasing and then of course he's chucking thermal detonators out the back um so you kind of yeah. you, you want to chase but don't want to chase at the same time. Exactly. Chasing fire sprays with bombs is uh, tricky. <laughs> Especially when there's a Count Dooku, which uh, gives a control uh, over some of those results. Absolutely. From the yeah. thermals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, th I think Count Dooku's uh, been massive recently for the Separatists. Um, I mean, his, his ability to essentially call out that result when a ship in uh, range, was it, 0-2 goes over a rock, rolls for a bomb, mm -hmm. um, you know, little things like that. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, been very, uh, very interesting to watch. I expect him goes uh, to go up in the points, like, yeah, yeah, four or five. And I, I think that's fair, because, that, I mean, that's essentially what the points should do. It should... Maybe not completely balance the meta, but it should be looking at you know those cards that are always taken. You know, it's almost like a no-brainer. Like the uh, false transponders will go up because you know virtually every you know ship that's got an illicit slot at the moment mm. is taking false transponder codes because um, it gives you that you know that range three jam and you get the target lock. You know, which is um, you yeah, know quite powerful. Yeah, the false transporter codes are very good because they are independent from also from initiative because uh, they are good on... I saw even today on Hexite, I believe, somebody playing uh, X-Wings uh, with uh, illicit slot. Yeah. I don't know, the Craven Angels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they also had it. And so it makes sense on Django and it makes uh, on the I-1s uh, uh, X-Wings. And 
they they give this bonus in the first engagement because for two points you have basically two actions you have action and you jump so you have two actions mm -hmm. uh, in this crucial first engagement which can easily when uh, it goes right for you turn uh, to the to be beginning of the snowball that you have this advantage and you just can push push later on in the middle game so i also expect them to go up in the points because they are yeah no brainer it's a good way of describing them that saying like they're essentially two actions I've never thought about it that way but it's a really good way to explain it yeah that's how uh, at least I perceive them that they, they are one time two action and both of those, those actions make sense because target lock always makes sense because uh, it's uh, the effect of target locks is uh, is kept on the table even if you don't somebody will escape from or arc you still will have on the follow-up rounds this target lock and jamming also m m makes sense because it forces your opponent to be more cautious disengage a little bit with barrel whatever but mo both those actions make sense it's not like because actions like evade some sometimes doesn't make sense yes because Nobody will shoot you. For example, Whisper when she has stealth device and she already had a second uh, evade out of her ability, then yeah, it doesn't make sense. But both those actions make sense in most scenarios, and uh, and are uh, helping the first engagement, which which is quite crucial in most X Wing games. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I think it was um, interesting when we saw um, we saw a thread tracer go off, and I think it was one of the rebel matches. And so he um, Jake fired a thread tracer with a focus token, and then um, obviously everybody then gets a target lock. And the pl what the player did is obviously he took Jake's first, so then the force transponder triggered, jammed off Jake's target lock. But then the rest of the uh, squad then took their target locks and then were able to use them uh, mm -hmm. on, on on offense as well. So you know, there's little things like that, and you know you, you do see players um, they'll take that early target lock on a, um, a debris or an obstacle, so that later on if they were to get jammed, um, you know you jam off the target lock and then you're still free to do your action in uh, in in your turn as such. So. Um, yeah. Okay, and and here I have sorry to interrupt, but here I have a pro tip because I, I played the for the first when I for first time played the fastest ponder codes. I have this habit just to put locks on, yeah, obstacles yeah. because I do it always. I don't ask my opponents usually if they have jam. I just do it in the first round because that's my habit. So <laughs> this is not 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 good habit when you have uh, transporter codes on your ship because <laughs> oh, no, no, you no. jam the gas cloud. Well, and that's what I did. Well, <laughs> and, okay, and then I learned. Okay, habits are good. So, but sometimes well, actually. <laughs> The, the ruling at the weekend was that uh, force transponders didn't trigger when the ship with force transponders locked an obstacle. Oh, okay. So, so, the... so Yeah, so basically uh, D was the head marshal and he'd spoken to one of, I think, I'm not sure if it's Max Brooks or one of the previous developers, and mm -hmm. um, they basically said that uh, obstacles can't have tokens assigned, uh, which... Okay. 
Dion said he doesn't agree with, which I don't really agree with because surely the target locks a token. Um, but sure, whatever. Um, so yeah. they're, they're basically saying that you can't have the jam token on the obstacle, therefore false transponder codes doesn't trigger. Mm. It's weird that they put after you acquire a lock on an object or an opponent acquires a lock on you, or an object acquires a lock on you. Uh, if they just wanted it to ship, so why didn't they just put ship? Yeah, so this is it. So they've said object. Um, so then I think that was the confusion. So they ruled, um, certainly for this event um, and probably the other uh, GSP events, that false transponders doesn't trigger if the, the separatist list or you know the scum ship or whatever has got the false transponders locked the obstacle. Um, huh. But you know, just check, check, Curious. yeah, check, mm-hmm. check with your referees, check with your marshals before you play it, just to see what the ruling is. Um, I don't know if we're going to get an FAQ or anything like that uh, update. Uh, I know AMG did say that they're going to be taking it to, I think their website. They're going to be um, obviously setting up and having like forums for rulings and bits and bobs. So yeah, we may see that in the future. I have heard a, a rumor that there's going to be some rulings coming out on things like. Um, must effects and some other stuff I can't remember now. Okay, so hope hopefully we'll hear something. I think that's good as well. Like you know, it, it's it's always uh, good, and it's one thing I have seen. Like obviously having like, going back a bit towards sort of Games Workshop FFG, and uh, one of the reasons why I liked X Wing is because their FAQs were you know pretty quick and they're very concise. Um, so if there is a problem, they do tend to get out there and try and provide a, an answer or. Um, Explain the situation a little bit. Oh, nerf the Upsilon into the ground. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, congratulations again to uh, Fabian. Uh, so, just, just before we move on, yeah. just a little shout out to Oliver Williams for making the cut into top 16. Um, he was eighth in Swiss. So, well done, mate. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, I think this weekend we've got the veteran. Uh, squad, um, gold squadron fight club championship. So, hyperspace again. Uh, looks like they've got 149 players signed up currently. Uh, I think this is the biggest one, isn't it? From what I've heard, I, I would have thought so because the way yeah, it the way, makes sense, yeah, the way the events work is I think you'd end up with a lot more people at, at three, three and four, won't you? Yeah, obviously, there's a Gauss shape. Describing the speed of players with the one, two, three, four, five, and yeah. six wins. Uh, and mm-hmm. also, I suspect you probably got to the players who are um, not so much more competitive, but perhaps uh, more interested in in playing in the online events. Uh, maybe those who entered, you know, one of the first events and only got you know zero wins or one win, perhaps didn't fancy playing another event. I don't know. No, be good. Uh, I see we've got Chris Burnett from mm-hmm. Tin Squadron. Um, there's some Firestorm and Leah's Burnett well, I suspect there's, there's probably multiple Burnett's I'm not too sure how many are. it's practically all of Carmel <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, good luck to everybody at the weekend I'll be watching again I haven't got much planned I think um, I've got uh, an interesting week for X-Wing games myself I've um, I've drawn Actor Khan in the, the Sif Taker Cup so I think we're playing uh, I think it's Saturday morning, which would be Saturday evening, his time. Um, I'm going to play Elliot, I think, as well. Elliot waits at the weekend. Uh, and I'm playing Kester in the week. So I've, uh, yeah, it's a, 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 a strong week of X-Wing for me. 
but yes, so we'll be w watching that. Cool. Right. Um, should we have a chat about First Order? Sure. So um, why don't you start us off with, um, so you finished, was it top four, top eight at Kyber? Uh, top four. Top, top four. four. It was top four, yeah. Um, why didn't you tell us uh, a little bit about your list and, and what you took and, you know, perhaps some of it about why you took it and what you know did well for you over the event? Uh, I had uh, four. The Kyber Cup was uh, extended, so yeah. And uh, I took uh, Malarus and Shuttle um, uh, for cadets, um, basic TFOs, and uh, Vonrek. No upgrades, 200 points. Uh, I took this list because I saw several times on the streams here and there the list with three cadets and Kylo. Uh, but uh, I wanted to have and I like this concept that there is a cadets, there are there is a Malarus and there is a, an Ace, but I went for Vonrek uh, because uh, it enables to put fourth cadet, <clears throat> and uh, to, uh, thanks to that you have uh, you take more from the Malarus because basically it is one more gun, and I also. Um, like uh, Vonrek in this list more than Kylo because uh, his uh, uh, ability from Baron uh, uh, Chase, I mean, the um, ship abilities uh, 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 helps to uh, to lower the effect, uh, the strain effect from the Malarus because you can take a target, deplete and target lock. And just reroll any dice from the from the from the target lock instead of the Malarus, so you avoid the strain when when you are in somebody's arc. And uh, I like also obviously I six with Vonrek because there is a lot of ships that I don't like with I five like Whisper, a bunch of Jedi's of different names. Um, a wings, etc. So um, to have something that can a little bit uh, frighten them uh, was a plus for me, and it worked quite uh, quite well, I would say. Mm. <laughs> no, absolutely. Bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I was going to say, I think absolutely. You've obviously had a a very good run. I think first order are certainly. Um, Sort of coming to the the top now. There's there's certain builds and certain players who are doing very well with them. I think you um you were saying to us a bit before we started recording that you would um you'd moved on to first order because they were a lesser seen faction, so it was easier in a way to perhaps get those those top faction prizes. Yeah, it was uh, I believe in uh, 2019 the FFD started with this idea of uh, faction uh, dependent. Uh, prizes uh, uh, for the NATIO uh, national championships and this was something like that maybe even earlier and when I saw it I yeah I decided that I like the first order but before it I played mainly with the Empire so I decided to go for first order because I understood my believing was that it will be easier to get uh, prizes 
and it, I went for this uh, Polish national championship and I remember that uh, there were uh, damage decks uh, um, for top four or of each faction and I got it for third place and I was on this tournament it was a very yeah, weak tournament for me I was like on 80th place or something like that, or maybe 60s, but yeah, somewhere below, I would say. And 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 uh, it still uh, get me a top four f- uh, price, so it worked out. But uh, yeah, in the first order, I like in first order there are the amount of ships is limited. The but uh, there are several good ships not very good ships but good ships which uh, which which can <clears throat> some work quite well on uh, on on a table like i don't know backdraft scotch you don't see them that often but they are quite efficient uh, efficient ships and uh, mm, so there is uh, plenty plenty of stuff to play around uh, the point is that this is not the, even with the limited number of options on the first glance when you dig into this faction, it turns out that there is uh, plenty of things that you want to experiment with, um, and so the, so that's why I am still playing for Sorter because I I believe that there is a, still something that I didn't discover, even with that limited number of ships and uh, and with uh, with uh, with time already spent. And now when I um, glance at for for the empire, especially with this new packs coming in, I. I'm interested a little bit in what will happen with Empire. I'm overwhelmed with number of options, especially in extended. Like there is a 14 different ships and five pilots per ship, so it's like 80 pilots to choose from. <laughs> so for for me playing first order for last year and a half or even more, it's yeah, overwhelming, <laughs> mind blowing. No, yeah, that's definitely good. And I think um, I had some success with the the Malarus Swarm. Um, was it Coruscant? I think it was. I think it was Coruscant Galaxies, wasn't it? Um, so that yeah, obviously the uh, the Malarus uh, Gideon in in the XI shuttles, two of the generic SFs, two of uh, the sort of the generic um, Tie Fighters. But we obviously do see the Aces lists with either triple silencer or two silencers and the the, the BA. Uh, either von reg or hollow uh and then there's also the list as well that have got um sort of captain phasma in the sf uh taverson in the upsilon shuttle and then a few other ships knocking around so i think there's some, some there's some definitely good options there and um some ver- variety of lists it's not like there's one particular archetype which is what everybody's taking yeah. before before this list i played uh, one of the lists i played um, for quite uh, quite long was uh, two psilons with holo and i will play it in the um, galaxies events and uh, uh, i make it to this final uh, with this list uh, to this final event and in this final event i i uh, game six i still have chance for the um, top uh, top cut so it was also working kind of good for me there were tafson tanison and holo so there are plenty of different archetypes that that you can choose from in the first order. That's true. That's good, and I think this is really good to see from for 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 our game as a as a whole because you don't want to see any gaming system where there's one particular faction that's just like 
all, all dominating or we you know almost maybe maybe not one faction but you certainly would go to a lot of events um towards the end of 1.0 and sort of start at 2.0 maybe we didn't see much of resistance and, and first order um so it is nice to see that um you know there's there's more representation from the different factions and i'm sure both prize support has supported that but also the new releases and you know sort of competitive sort of upgrades and builds does help that yeah and i believe that with with each uh, change of points uh, we are closer and closer to this golden balance i i know that we won't ever achieve it but uh, mm, I didn't check it, but but I, but I, I think that uh, <clears throat> from point up, uh, change to point change, uh, there is uh, less and less uh, big point changes for already existing stuff. So they are tweaking here and there, and uh, thanks to that, uh, the, uh, there is a bigger and bigger uh, uh, balance in the game mm, when it comes to playable uh, things. There are more and more playable. Uh, options and there are all those standing out and uh, things which have potential to dominate uh, meta are yeah cut yeah no good yeah it's um yeah i think i think um it'd be very interesting to see sort of how how they progress over the next six to twelve months and and hopefully they you know so you keep going from sort of strength to strength um and yeah um i think uh, it was quite funny you were talking about the polish nationals and you know how you got like the top four prize, but you know you're in like 60th or 80th. I'm fairly sure Rich Polly did similar with Resistance, didn't he? At the yeah, UK national. Nationals, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so he, he took Resistance, didn't do particularly well, but still got some good swag out of it. Um, I think so... it was everyone who played Resistance got the damage deck. I think there really wasn't many. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I'm not sure how it's now for uh, resistance, but I don't believe this scenario would happen now with first order. I believe the first order now is a uh, in much better spot when it comes uh, to the options uh, yeah. because uh, it's not uh, and they introduced only one new ship. I mean the Xai shuttle, but. <clears throat> Or maybe their barrels are also new when compared to their. But uh, the point is that the, the the first order is now in a totally different place, and when it was uh, two years ago or one and one and a half year ago. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's uh, even here we had in this uh, in this uh, GSP event uh, representation of the um, of the first order with some ace list. So. Um, yeah, just, first order has its uh, possibilities to be playable on the top level. I would say. I just have a quick look at the faction breakdown from the the recruit event, and um, first order actually had uh, more players than Scum and Villainy and the Separatist Alliance, um, which uh, wouldn't have seen that necessarily from Scum. I mean, it was hyperspace, which I guess does perhaps restrict certain builds and perhaps the more popular factions. Um, so maybe maybe that's why we saw less scum and villainy. Um, but um, you know, Empire made up practically a quarter of the field. Um, so it's good mm-hmm. to see. Uh, obviously, the first order um, at a strong showing. Uh, three resistance players out of the ninety-six. Is that it? Yeah. I'm surprised because the the jousting sort of resistance jousting lists that people have been playing are really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's. Um, Maybe just like the sort of the flavor of the, of the time of the meta at the moment, and 
maybe um, some of the resistance has fallen out. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting to see, though. Yeah, and speaking about the flavor of moment, uh, when I was yeah mentally uh, putting my thoughts together uh, as a preparation to talk to you, uh, I was thinking that uh, there is not a big value in analyzing uh, events like Kyber Cup uh, because they last for Kyber Cup began beginning of January. Mm. And this is a snapshot, the lists which are there are a snapshot of very different reality than it's now, I, I would say. Because uh, there was, uh, after two rounds, possibility to change the, the, the list, but it's still a middle of January. And uh, I would say that uh, this is a snapshot of quite different meta than it would be now. Because uh, I believe uh, when we've, even without any major point change, I would expect there will be more, um, uh, for example, uh, barons or inquisitors in the in the in the list than it's uh, than it was in the Kyber Cup. So <clears throat> when it comes to 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 checking the meta, I believe there is uh, much more sense to look at the one day events like this GSP or the upcoming firestorm or whatever those big one day or some nationals digital nationals or like there was the Swedish one or earlier the Polish one and German one because they are more representative because when you look of results from the Kyber Cup after two months of playing knowledge of people when putting together those lists was different now it's then it's now yeah I'm not sure if it's a Easy to follow what I tried to say, but yeah. You know, I think it, I think it is interesting. It's um, I suppose it's maybe a bit like uh, one person maybe that, that flies the same list over and over again. Um, yes, they may go to lots of little, well, not so little, but they go to one and two day events with that list. But then you got other people that are obviously changing their list, you know, between events and you know mixing that meta around. Um, but yeah, you can get. Perhaps not not so much bored, but you kind of get set in your way, don't you? Perhaps play a certain way, you know, for you know, playing a certain list. But I suppose if it's just a one day event, then you know you don't have maybe as much practice. You're not as you know. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. I think this will be uh, interesting to see how we transition back to in person play because we're going to go back to you know those one and two day events that just happen. You know, there and then we have we aren't necessarily going to have these big leagues. I think we'll still see online play, but obviously, you know, it will take a bit of a, a, de a de decline. I think as people sort of go back to uh, in-person play. Yeah, that will be tricky um, because that will be different moments. I mean, um, it will be very country dependent when the people from each country can return to real uh, real gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I think that it will be tricky in the beginning with all those different stuff, like uh, some people which are, I mean, it's nice. For example, in Kyber Cup, in top four, there were um, two and a half swarms, yeah, because the the 
there was my list there was the the six list there was the and uh, which made it to final and uh, finally won there was this uh, goji list with five ships and there was a resistance i believe with four ships Mm. And uh, so people are now very. Uh, it's easy decision now to, uh, playing digital that uh, or, or online uh, to take swarm, but I don't want to play swarm list in real life. I mean, <laughs> at least in the beginning, I I would go for something with less ships because the bumps on the table can be nightmare and it's now it's a matter of one <laughs> click but when i'm thinking about making the bumps with the in real life and it can take easily 10 minutes yeah from the clock uh, to to resolve this one movement when there are three or four bumps uh, so yeah that will be tricky when we're returning to real tables and that, that, that uh, my point is that it can also affect a little bit meta there uh, the beginning yeah that people will not willing to to, to take those demanding uh, lists when it comes to playing no absolutely i mean i'm i i'm i'm probably fairly well known in sort of you know, tournaments i've gone to as as being a swarm player uh you know be it the the sort of the tie swarm uh the five mm-hmm. a wings um and uh, the five five tie advanced sort of the 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 list i was running in sort of 2019 um so yeah i mean that's it i've I've not had to train track you know a ship for what 14 15 months probably i'm, I'm trying to think yeah. you know trying to think i mean i think uh, uk uk system open 2020 was my last big event uh, i'm not sure i think actually it might be my last event i'm pretty sure because I, I i work in the health service in the uk i i i've stopped sort of go into public gaming fairly early on um, because obviously I, 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 I was worried about the risk of obviously bringing something back from the hospital. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to get back into practice about how to yeah, train track and, you know, get you know, yeah. the ships lined up or maybe maybe I'll just stick with two big, uh, two fire sprays. That, that's, that seems decent. <laughs> Yeah, and it's much harder to fly formation in real life than in the TTS, yes, because um, there's uh, this wiggle room, etc. And um, for example, when I was playing even block of four ships, usually on the round three or four of the game, it was I was already starting to bump myself because of those little little movements when moving moving the the ships and in the in the online plane play it's yeah it's always perfect and it's not perfect always perfect on the table and in my case it's never perfect on the table (laughs) yeah i find the setup on tts trickier but yeah once you're playing it you know i mean i can move my six or seven ship swarm in like 30 seconds you know just Mm -hmm. you know click action click action click action right there we go done Whereas obviously on the tabletop it does take a little bit more finesse, but um, you know yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's been good um, obviously with with uh, tabletop simulator and and you know we obviously had Vassal beforehand for I think there's been a lot more experimentation maybe um, perhaps mm-hmm. people flying different lists and and trying different things so I think it has has been quite good but I think um, I think we're probably um, gonna draw draw the uh, podcast to a close 
Um, we'll probably hand over to Ben shortly. If you, I don't know if you want to talk about the Sif Taker League signups, but um, is there anything else from yourself, Pavel, you'd like to uh, say or any other shout outs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to shout to give shout outs to um, guys from the Scotland, which uh, I'm quite often playing online. This is one of the benefits of playing of this situation that end up in the groups with people from different areas and also for, to, to, to my locals. And I would like once again to thanks for having me on. I'm listening to you from, I believe, years now. So it's <laughs> glad to, to be here. No, thank, thank you very much. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to, nice to have you on as well. It's been a it's been a very nice. Uh, you know, I, I did say I think before we started recording that it'll probably be a quick one this week because we haven't got much to talk about, and we've literally <laughs> just hit the one hour mark. Um, mm. but I think it's 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 yeah been it's flown very well, and uh, yeah, you've had a lot to talk about, and that's always great to get new sort of voices and 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 opinions on and and chat about. So thanks for coming on. Um, I mean, I think it, yeah. You also you you called us out on our Facebook page because I think we 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 got your list wrong, and that was you know fair enough. And get oh, your, rich, it, rich got the list wrong. Rich, rich got the list wrong, but but obviously <laughs> get get you on, and um, you know it's it's been good. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. All right, Ben. Uh, I I I noticed I've made it into Mandalore. Yeah, there's been quite a big change. Um, I've made the leagues. Uh, and um, they were odd numbers. I don't know why I did that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I made it, I made them even numbers, and I also made them a little bit bigger. Okay. I think there's I think there's 24 in each league now. I think off the top of my head. Um, just just to sort of move people up and get some more movement going on. Um, and sorry, I'm going to cough. And um, just just because we're having more people sign up. Um, we 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 obviously don't want everybody in the bottom league, so I wanted to move some up there. Um, we st- I still might have to split the bottom league into two. I don't know yet. Okay, well, no, I mean, I think yeah. it's how it goes. So, is the bottom league are they all brand new signups this season? No, there is some from last season. I, I, I'm not sure how many, but the majority are new people. Okay, well that's good to see. So, um, yeah, for for those who haven't quite tweaked, we're talking about the uh, the next season of the Sift Taker League. Uh, so, um, signups are now open. Uh, existing players, go and check what uh, league you've been loaded into. Um, you can choose to drop if you want to. Uh, if you decide you don't want to play the season, please drop out as soon as you know you can. And then obviously Ben and, and I can obviously give Ben a hand. We can um, you know adjust leagues and move people around as as we need to just to sort of even even it out. Um, but if you haven't played in the Sift Taker League before, it's free to enter. Um, there's what about half a dozen leagues like Jedi there's, Council. It's um, five leagues currently. Okay, so, so you've got Six. yeah, you got you got quite a few. So you got like the you know the Jedi Council. You've got Mandalore, um, Fortress Inquisitoris. I'm glad you read that one. Well, <laughs> I, it's because it's I've been there for like two or three uh, seasons, and I'm finally. I felt, I felt sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think. Um, it's just, Same as Ian. I felt sorry for Ian. He's finally in the Jedi Council. He's been desperate to get there. 
So what have you got? Cloud City, Crimson Dawn, and then the Wretched Hive is essentially the open league where any new player can um, join up, and that's where you essentially start off. And So the, the Wretched Hive tends to be the bigger league because due to drops and things further up, you usually get a lot more movement in that league. Like last season, everyone who... Not last season, the season before, sorry. Everyone who was in the Wretched Hive moved up to the league above. Some of them moved up two leagues. Um, the, same, the same thing's actually happened this time. Some people from the Wretched Hive's up the top end have actually gone up two leagues and they're in Cloud City now. I think that's good because, it's like I say, it's the turnover of players. You're playing new, new names, new faces. Uh, and, you know, if you decide that you don't want to play one season, you drop out and then you can start back up in the Wretched Hive and just slowly work your way back up. Uh, I was just about to say, it's nice to see that um, Leaf, I think it's Leaf, I played him at the System Open in 2009. He dropped out last season, but has re-signed up, so it's nice to see someone come back in, you know, when, when he's had to drop. Yeah, and it's uh, one, one game a week, uh, eight games, isn't it? So it's, it's a random, yeah. random draw, um, which uh, is confuses some people, but the idea being that um, it kind of keeps the leagues open, so it's not just someone running away with it necessarily, or um, you, you, you know, you, you're not necessarily going to be playing the you know the the, the top players all the time. Um, the, the biggest beauty of it is is that if somebody misses a game, it doesn't affect the draw. So they people can go back and play games, and yeah. it it that's that's the main reason why I do a round robin. That's good. Yeah, I like this idea, especially in this league system when uh, with the advances and and, and force that uh, that you can um, because basically you playing uh, people from with with similar uh, skill set on similar level than than like you, so it's not um, <clears throat> so. It's uh, over already covers one of the benefits of Swiss system, then yeah. because Swiss is about that you enjoy uh, each game, yes. So you don't end up playing top players each game when you are at lower level, so you don't uh, to avoid frustration. And with this league system, you already cover it, and now you have this flexibility, as you said, and I love it about those those these leagues. Just flexibility, yeah. Yes, it works out quite well. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I think uh, unless either of you got anything else, I think we'll wrap up the show there. No, yeah. good. Uh, okay, right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, join us next week, where hopefully we'll have a uh, a meaty discussion about the new points, uh, where we finally get to see how expensive Darth Vader in a tie defender is. Um, see if I can win myself that uh, Enigma Wargaming tie defender would, with, with my guess. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I think I, I think I went for uh, 112 points in the end. So I, I, the reason I went for 112 is because he fits into the list with four academies, and that's 200 points. I think. I went 105, 106. Can't remember now. I mean, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what he'll be. I mean. It's a stab in the dark, and uh, one day I just thought about it. I thought, well, perhaps you know they'll they'll make it so that you can take four and him. I don't know. Um, any any idea how expensive you think uh, Vader might be, Pavel? 
I, if I had to bet, I will go for 115. Ooh. Okay. Well, uh, join us next week and you will find out, hopefully, uh, how expensive Vader is. But for now, it's uh, goodbye from Pavel. Goodbye. Goodbye from Ben. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Started off on the island, AK Shallon, rubber wailing, gunshots thrown the phone dialing. Back in the days, I'm eight now, making a tape now. Ray gotta get a plate now. Ignorant and mad young, wanted to be the one till I got blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my pops was a fiend.